This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to the Homeschool with Moxie podcast, where our goal is to inspire and encourage you with actionable strategies to take you from overwhelmed to confident in your homeschool adventure. I'm your host, Abby Banks, and this is episode 173. This episode is brought to you by Schoolhouse Teachers. If you're looking for Christian, self-paced, online homeschooling courses with customizable curriculum, then you will want to check out Schoolhouse Teachers, which you can find at 41more.com forward slash schoolhouse. They have every subject, every grade for every student, and you only pay one family price. So that means your pre-K through high school kids can find any curriculum they need, including full curriculum for every grade and no limits on courses. They have high school credit options and even transcript support. So your monthly or yearly membership will be way cheaper than buying curriculum for all your kids through the big box providers. If you want to learn more, go to 41more.com forward slash schoolhouse. Hello and welcome to episode 173. You can find the show notes at 41more.com forward slash 173. Today we're talking to Gina Mayo, who is a veteran homeschool mom, and she is the creator of Music in Our Homeschool Membership, and also she blogs at ichoosejoy.org. Gina has just launched her new Morning Time Teens, A Year with Lewis and Tolkien. And when I saw this, I said, this is genius, because if you're around the homeschool world, you know that morning time is usually geared toward the little kids. And it's because when you have lots of littles and elementary age, it makes homeschooling so much easier to do a lot of subjects together. I know when my four boys were really young and they were, you know, they're all just kind of going through elementary school, almost like as a big group, right? And we just did literally everything together except math and language arts. It really simplified things. And so I know some of us are familiar with morning time because we've used it in our own homes. But as kids become teenagers, they tend to spin off and be more independent. But Gina has realized there's some benefits for still taking specific time in your day with your teens. And so we're going to talk about her new you know, her new offering, Morning Time Teens, A Year with Lewis and Tolkien. We're going to talk about what's included, how it would look, why you should even consider it. But we're going to talk about morning time in general and, you know, some of her tips and ideas for helping you through high, uh, homeschooling the high school and, you know, the general teen years, because I know that can feel intimidating for a lot of you too. So we will include links to everything we talk about in the show notes, because you can see a preview of her new morning time teens and that kind of thing. But for a really simple way to get there, you can go to 41more.com forward slash morning. And other than that, if you want a lot of specific little links, go to the show notes at 41 onemore.com forward slash 173. So once again, the main URL to find Gina's new morning time teens is to go to 41more.com forward slash 
morning. All right. I think you're going to be encouraged. It was really great catching up with Gina and finding out why she created Morning Time Teens and what it's all about. So here's my conversation with Gina Mayo. Gina, I'm so glad to have you today on the podcast. Let's start with just a quick introduction. I know some of my listeners probably know you kind of from our our email list probably are similar, but go ahead and tell us who you are and what you do. Sure. So my name is Gina Mayo, and I have eight children. Um, They range now in age from 10 to 21. So I have three that have graduated. They're in college, and two that will be high school, one middle school, one elementary still. So I've been homeschooling the whole time. Uh, My first child was born in 2000. So it's been a long ride and I've done a lot in all these years (laughs) with all these kids. Um, I'm also a music teacher and I have my um, bachelor and master's degrees in music. And I've been teaching music for the whole time as well in various different ways. That's awesome. So you've been homeschooling for a long time. I'm sure your homeschool style has changed through the years and you probably, you know, it takes everyone a little while to feel, get a, get a feeling for how, what style they like and you know, what works for them. But would you describe your homeschool style in any particular way? Sure. I think it's a combination of classical Charlotte Mason and unit studies. I first heard of that kind of a trio from Harvey and Lori Bluedorn way back before, um, I think when I just had one or two kids and I read their book and I thought, this is, this is really what I'd like to do with my homeschool. So we have changed different curriculum. We've changed kind of like now we do a little bit more online work, but I'd still say the basis is a combination of classical Charlotte Mason and unit studies. I love that. And I love how we can just make it fit us and we can pull the best things from each style because everything has some wonderful aspects to it. So I Mm -hmm. love that kind of making it your own. Now, today we're going to dive into your new morning time teens. And this is so exciting because like you noticed, there's not really anything for the teens as far as morning time. But let's rewind a second because there's newer homeschool moms who are just hearing this for the first time and they're going, what's morning time? I don't even know what you're talking about. So can you tell us like, what is it in general, just the concept of morning time and why is it a helpful tool for homeschoolers? Sure. Um, All those years ago when I had just my littles, I heard some terms like um, circle time, uh, couch time. And I think now it's involved to be called more of morning time or morning basket time. And basically, they're all the same thing. It's where you gather all your kids together and you do some things as a family, as the group, before they go off to do their independent work. So it's way more popular in the elementary ages because uh, moms think, well, I'm going to read aloud and we're going to work on some memorization. Maybe we'll play some games for math or um, do different activities like for music or art. I mean, there's just so many different things you can do for morning time. Um, But then I started reading a book uh, by Sarah McKenzie called The Read Aloud uh, Handbook Family, The Read Aloud Family, I think it's called. And she said, 
um, she really encouraged me not to give up reading aloud to my teenagers. Now, because I've always had younger students, I've kept moving the, the reading aloud down to my younger students. But last year, I started realizing I'm not reading aloud to my teenagers anymore. And I want to. Um, my third child is heading off to college next week. And I'm like, and now I've got two more high schoolers, and they're going to be gone. And and it's going to be sad when everybody's gone. And this is my last chance to make an influence on them, to give them these great books, um, to sit around as a family and discuss things, because that's what's great about reading aloud and having the, the morning time together is you can discuss things and they can ask questions and I can ask questions. So that's basically what morning time is. Um, so moving it from the elementary ages to the high school ages, and that's what I'm doing with morning time teens. I love it. So give us a peek, like when you mainly, when your kids were mostly on the younger age, you know, elementary age, like what did morning time look like for you? What kind of things did you do on a typical day? Um, so it was some of the things I just mentioned. Sometimes we would, I would read aloud for history and literature and science for sure. Sometimes we would uh, get together and do a project. Maybe it was a, a science project or a history project. Um, sometimes we do art. Lately, I've been adding in my music courses. So we do a music lesson for music in our homeschool. Um, let's see what else. Uh, Spanish games. Um, brain. What are the column where you're doing yeah. these activities, these um, exercises brain something. I can't remember what it's called. Uh, let's see, flashcards. I mean, so many different things. And there's always way more than I want to do. So I have to break it up a, a bit or loop schedule through it. Uh, reading poetry. We, I have a great book that has a poem a day and I love to use that. So those are some things that I did with my elementary kids. I think when people are first starting to homeschool, like for the first time, it is hard for them to wrap their heads around the fact that you can do almost everything together, you know, other than your math and your real, you know, your language arts that maybe needs to be really specific, but like literature can be together too, like you're saying, but everything else can be together. And that is a way to homeschool multiple ages and not feel crazy. I'm sure that really helped you have a more enjoyable homeschool experience, right? Absolutely. That has been one of my saving graces is to find as many ways that I can teach the kids together as possible. Even this year, um, I'm going to be doing a lot of it with fifth grade through 11th grade all together. Let's see, 10th, fifth grade through 10th grade. Okay. So that's a really big span, which is amazing. So like Talk to us a little bit about, you know, when you have that huge age range, like elementary all the way to high school, are there specific tricks, tips, advice you have? I'm sure, I mean, I know this too, because I, I kind of feel the same way a little bit stretched at both ends and like, wait, I have an elementary and I've got high school and it does feel a little crazy instead of focusing on one level. But like, what have you found the most helpful with navigating so many ages? Yeah, just figuring out what can be done together. I mean, some of the things for high schoolers, they really have to do on their own. They're getting high school credit, um, but even they can do classes together. For example, last year, I had my eighth grader and my ninth grader take biology. So even though she was in eighth grade, she still did the high school biology class. 
I've done that when I could. Um, they do their own math, like you said, on their own level. But we can do Bible together. We can do um, art together. Um, not so much with foreign language, because again, that's at different levels. But the ones that were doing it, uh, like we did sign language last year. So I had a wide range doing sign language together because it was new to all of them. Mm-hmm. So those, those are some tips. Awesome. So let's, let's kind of get into morning time teens. Give us a little more insight into why you decided, okay, I'm going to make this for everyone. Yeah, I know you're making it for your family, but then you're like, okay, everyone else, I'm going to share it with you too. But what are the benefits for spending this time together with your teens? Because I know I have a mindset of like, okay, they're teens, they're spinning off, they're independent, they're doing stuff on their own. And this is challenging me to like you said, like, oh, wait a second, we can still be doing stuff together because I had the mindset of I'm working myself out of a job. You're on your own. You're independent. So give us some, why should we reconsider that? (laughs) What's the benefit? I think there needs to be a balance. Yes, we do need to work ourselves out of a job. And yes, they do need to learn how to be independent and how to learn on their own. And that will help them be more successful, both in college or whatever else they're doing in their lives, because whenever they need to learn something, they know how to find the answers themselves. But the balance, you don't, we don't want to lose um, this last opportunity that we have with them to speak into them, to encourage them to see where they're at and maybe find something new that they need that we didn't realize they needed because we weren't really talking to them about a whole lot of stuff. So that's that's where it came from in my mind. So what is a typical day or a typical week going to look like in morning time teens? Okay, so what I have thought of doing is it will be mostly reading aloud of literature. At least that's the first one that I've written. We'll read aloud of literature and then we'll have an activity of the day. And we're going to loop through five different activities. It will be art music, philosophy, writing, and tea time discussions or celebration discussions. So um, say on Monday, and I'm not sure I have the order right, but maybe on Monday we do the read aloud and then we talk about an art project that goes along with that book. And they won't actually do the art project altogether because it will take more time. So they will do that on their own. But then the next week they can show us what they did. And then music, Um, since this first one, I'm sure we're going to talk about it in a minute, but the first one is related to the 20th century. So I have my um, 20th century music appreciation course that we'll be going through, and we won't be doing the entire thing because it's pretty meaty. It's a full, um, it's a half credit of fine arts, but we'll do a little bit of it each day together as a family or each week one day. Um, philosophy, I have um, a great book that we're going to be reading through called A Hobbit, A Wardrobe, and A Great War. And it talks about the relationship between C.S. Lewis and J.R.R. Tolkien and how they, um, it, it has some philosophical concepts in it. So I wanted to talk about that with my kids. Next is writing, and we'll be doing some uh, writing activities that go along with the literature that we're reading. And then the tea time discussions, this is another thing that's very popular in homeschool circles lately, poetry, tea times, but we're going to be doing literature tea times, and we're going to be discussing 
the books that we're reading, but adding in some recipes that um, relate to those books to make it more fun. So there's a lot of variety in this. And I guess I should have started with, it's all about a year with Lewis and Tolkien. So I think you said, what, 11 books in a year? There are seven Chronicles of Narnia Mm -hmm. and The Hobbit, and then the three Lord of the Rings books. Okay. So it's a lot. (laughs) lot So why did you, I was thinking about this yesterday as I was thinking about chatting with you today, and I thought, I wonder, I want to know, why did you start with Lewis and Tolkien for your first year of this? And you know how it is, like there, these books are on every homeschool must read list, right? So a lot of kids that homeschool, like they read them when they're younger. And I was thinking, oh, I did read them to my kids when they were younger. Did, is it okay to reread them? Like, do you just... I mean, I'm sure your your kids have probably read them. I'm guessing already, like why, or maybe not. But why did you start with Lewis and Tolkien? What was it about those books? Um, I started realizing that I had read them with my older three, but we didn't get to them with these other children. And I'm like, oh, I'm running out of time. I need to do them now. And then I thought, do I want to spread out over two years, um, or do we just want to like barrel through and see that? Lewis and Tolkien had that relationship together. It's really neat to read their books next to each other and see how possibly you can see the influence in each of the books from the other author. Um, But I typically follow the Tapestry of Grace year one, two, three, and four. And year four is 20th century. And that's where we are at right at this time. And so I thought, this is what I want to do for year four. But the next year, we'll go back to year one, which is ancient literature. So that's why I decided to go ahead and do it all at this point. And um, I actually wasn't going to get it out for other people to use. I was just going to use it for my own family, maybe make some tweaks, see if it worked out, see if I like it, and then share it out. But somehow I answered a question. It was in a Facebook group and someone asked a question and I said, well, this is what I'm doing. And they said, oh, I want that. And so I started sharing it and people got so excited about it, like way more excited than I thought they would be. So that's why I decided to get it ready to get out there. That's awesome. So you said your youngest is fifth grade that's going to be doing this with you? Yes. Is that right? Okay. So this is giving me some hope because my youngest is fourth grade and we were reading through Narnia together. Now I'm thinking, well, wait a second. I probably should include my teens. That's why I was so interested to talk to you because I was like, huh, we're kind of doing this, but okay. I like, I like some of the, you're inspiring me, Gina. This is really great. (laughs) So Okay, for the high schoolers, now this is what's really interesting. Talk to me about how you were saying you could use everything that you're including as a credit on the high school transcript. So talk about that kind of aspect of using morning time teens. Sure. So it's literature. I mean, it's English credit. And um, reading all of these books and just discussing them, that is enough for a high school English credit. But I'm also adding in the writing, and the writing is at their level. My fifth grader will be doing a different writing curriculum. So the writing and the literature together is is a full English credit, and um, so that's how we're going to be doing it. So if my teens already have like a language arts writing course that they're going to do this year, 
how could I modify or how could someone else modify this plan? And, and is it possible not to do it all and to do pieces of it? How would you suggest, you know, modifying it so that you don't feel like, oh, I'm doing too much of, you know, English I'm already covering or writing or whatever. Like, how can it be modified? Um, the, the very, like, boiling it down to just the nuts, it would be just reading the books. You don't even have to discuss them. Just read the books and that could be it. Um, then you could just add a little bit if you want to. Um, people could just add the art to go with it or just add the philosophy. You can pick and choose however you want to. You could even, uh, to spread it out more to make it more manageable, just do the Narnia books this year and do the Tolkien books next year. Okay. That's helpful. So we've already kind of hit this, but I'm going to ask you again, in case you had something else to add, but like, what ages did you make this for? And we already know younger kids can benefit, but what do you see? How do you see a homeschool family? Like what age range you think is ideal? Yes. So morning time teens. So I'm really thinking teens, middle and high school. My youngest is 12. I mean, my youngest teen that I'm calling (laughs) is 12. So maybe 12 to 18 is really who it's written for. Awesome. And now how can people, there is a way to see a preview, right? So tell us what we would see. And I'll link to this in the show notes, you know, in case people are like, okay, I, but I want to see it first. Like how, how, what do you show us in the preview? Sure. So the preview is the first two weeks of the entire year plan. Um, The year lasts 36 weeks to get through all of the material. Um, so the first two weeks is for the book, The Magician's Nephew by C.S. Lewis, and you can get uh, the plan for what you do each of the five days for those two weeks, um, the discussion questions that the kids can be looking at and making notes on while they're reading. Um, there is a video for an art lesson. There are videos for music and um, a recipe that you would use for the um, discussion day. You know what? I just thought of a question, which you said, and I think I know the answer, but you know how there's like a controversy in homeschool circles about the order that you read the Narnia books. Do you know what I'm talking about? Do you read them in the order he wrote them or the order that tells like the background story of Narnia? So what, which, what are you doing in your, in this teen thing? I'm doing it in the chronological order of starting with Magician's Nephew rather than The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, just because I like the continuity of meeting the professor in the first book and then seeing him as an older man in the second book, and it kind of goes in order that way. That's super fun. I just realized that's hilarious, right? Only in homeschool circles (laughs) would there be a controversy over what order you read the books. So did I miss any key parts, Gina? Was there anything else that, that was important to mention about Morning Time Teens? Um, Two things. One thing I wanted to say is that if you're interested in the optional resources that I am using with the book that are not required, you can pick and choose whatever you want for art and music and philosophy. And But if you're interested, those can be found at ichoosejoy.org. I'll give you the link for that blog post. But also, I would love some ideas for future Morning Time Teens um, topics. Um, so if anybody has some ideas of what they'd really like me to focus on next, because I have not gotten there yet. Mm-hmm. I haven't planned anything for, for next year. So if someone has an idea, let me know. So other than the books, people don't really need to purchase anything else. Is that correct? 
That's correct. And you know, you can find the books being read aloud online for free. So you don't even really have to purchase the books if you don't want to mm-hmm. or get them from the library or borrow from a friend. <laughs> yeah, for sure. This has been so cool, Gina. And we're going to link to everything so people can check out the free preview and go ahead and check it out if they want. We'll put that link in the show notes. But as we wrap up here, like what final encouragement can you give to homeschool moms of teens, especially if they've never homeschooled, you know, the older middle school and high school years, and they're kind of, you know, a little nervous about it as a veteran homeschool mom, like how would you encourage those moms today? I would encourage you to have fun with it because some of the high school school uh, classwork is hard. Algebra and uh, physics or foreign language, whatever they're studying can be really hard and it can be really stressful for teenagers. So find ways to have fun with them. And that's one purpose of doing morning time teens. I love it. Gina, thanks for joining us today. It's been really fun to learn about it. Thank you. So head on over to the show notes at 41more.com forward slash 173 to get links to everything we talked about today. Or you can go to 41more.com forward slash morning and check out Gina's morning time teens. I hope you've been really encouraged and inspired by this conversation. Be sure to join us next week for another awesome interview on the Homeschool with Moxie podcast. Thanks for spending time with us today. And in the meantime, happy homeschooling.